0: Let's open our Bibles to chapter, uh, Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4, we're going to begin here today. As you know, we are in a message series called The Blessed Life. We're starting to wind this down uh, probably today and then next week. We'll be wrapping this up as we head into our Christmas season and Christmas messages and all that good stuff, which also want to mention next week. We will be kind of rolling out everything that's happening through the month of December. Um, And there is a lot of stuff going on. December is one of our busiest months in terms of outreaches, family events, community events, all kinds of stuff. So we'll be getting that information next Sunday. And hopefully there's a lot of things that everybody will be able to be a part of. So Blessed Life is continuing this morning. Let's begin in Genesis chapter 4. Reading verses 1 through 5. It says, Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. And then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, keep that statement in, in your head. In the process of time, It came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you today, and uh, we are excited and anticipated the bread of life i ask that you would speak through me holy spirit that you would minister to each and every heart here today you would prepare the soil of that ground to receive the implanted word that can change us transform us uh, like nothing else can do we give you permission in this place today to do whatever it is that you want to do god we just want you to speak to us now in jesus name amen amen so cain and abel um, this story obviously well known to many interesting thought Cain was the first actual born person in the world right Adam and Eve were created and Cain was born so he was the first person born um, but the point of this story I want to talk about today is this concept of first fruits and we see that introduced actually if you read the scriptures front to back this is really the first place I think you can clearly see the concept of first fruits being demonstrated The interesting thing is that it's all through the Bible and you see it repeated again and again and there's actually a lot of meaning in it Um, the idea really that I want to talk about is how God more than anything just wants to be first in our heart he just wants to take first place in our life and only when he's in first place do things actually come into order you got to understand that, right? God is not a God of chaos. He actually is a God of order. He's not a God of confusion. But God's order only works in our life when He's in the proper position, which is first. And this concept of first fruits really, really demonstrates that. And so I want to encourage you to be thinking about as we go through this um, where God is at in, in all areas of our lives because we really need to enthrone Him there in everything that we set out to do whether it be our finances like we're talking about in the blessed life series quite a bit but it's more than that it's in our relationships uh, it's in our careers it's in our families it's in all things right and so he needs to be in that first position and so think about that as we go through this where is God at in this thing for me is he truly first because when he's first everything has order and everything flows as God's designed it when he's not first Everything is actually chaotic. That's the other part of this we need to recognize. When we don't put God first, it's not just some, like, moot point, right? It's not some, well, that won't matter. Like, everything begins to unravel, especially those of us who know the Lord and He's calling us to a deeper intimacy and in relationship with Him. We don't put Him first in an area of our life. It, it just begins to unravel because that's not the design that God has for it. But He don't. this is what is interesting is that God won't force us to put Him first. Right? I mean, God gave you a will, and so he's, if he made, you put, he made us put Him first, then it, it would defeat the point, right? The idea of love is that it's voluntary, that it's given, not taken, and it, it can't be forced. And so God's wanting first place in our heart, but He gives us the opportunity ourselves, the will, to put Him there or not put Him there. And then the benefits or the consequences of that, we can see pretty clearly throughout Scripture in all the patterns that He speaks about in His Word. And so, what I want to do is, I want to really help today to teach you uh, some deep truths about first fruits. Why are first fruits so important? What is so si- significant about the first fruits? Because we know that the tithe. Represents the first fruits of our increase. It's the first tenth that God's blessed us with. But first fruits, and, and just as a whole, uh, why is that so important? Why is that portion, the first tenth, why is that so important and so meaningful to God? And I'm going to give you three points today. Um, you know, we've kind of had some different points in each of these messages that we've given, and I think that helps to remember things. And if you're writing notes, it helps you to stay organized and so point one is that the first is the best the first is the best it rep my daughter's up here smile my oldest daughter she's up here smiling right now kind of got me there I'm not sure how to work my way out of that one huh interesting <laughs> Wow. You really stumped out there. All right. Oh, the first, it, it represents the best portion. It just, it does. And so God wants that part because he deserves the best and because he wants to be first. So by bringing the first fruits to God, really what it demonstrates is that he's first in our life, in this area. That he re- he's in first position uh, I, I want to remind you again as I've said several times hopefully we've got this concept by now that God doesn't actually need our money he's not running short on supply and he's never in the red <laughs> and so when we bring our tithe or offerings we're not giving something to God to help God out you know like here you go God now you're now you can do what you want to do he, he's interested in our heart when we bring our tithe cheerfully again, not begrudgingly, when we bring, God says, oh, he, he's pleased because he has a place in our heart and in our life that he's looking for, and that can allow him to do what he wants to do in and through us in this particular area, and so he wants the first place because the first is the best, and we see this in Adam and Eve, or Cain and Abel, um, you may have read this before and thought, why is, why is God not happy with Abel, like, he respected Cain, or I'm sorry, why is God not happy with Cain, but he's happy with Abel. He respects Abel's offering. He doesn't respect Cain's offering. They both brought an offering. Like, what's that all about? The key that we have to pick up on in these verses are the words first fruits, which was Abel's offering, and in the process of time, which was Cain's offering. Okay? Now, that phrase, in the process of time, when you study that, that basically means at an end point. It means after a completion of something. So, what Cain did was Cain waited until the end of his agricultural cycle, he waited until the end of a harvest, whatever it might have been at that point, what's clear is that he didn't bring the first fruits of his crop. He, he saw that he had what he needed, it kinda all came in, and then he brought the offering to God after that, in the process of time. So we contrast that to Abel, that's what this is all about, the contrast. Abel brings the first fruits. Which is the firstborn of the flock? It's the best, and there's no guarantee, unless you have faith and you demonstrate faith by bringing the first fruits. But in the natural, there's no guarantee that that animal would ever have another, another calf or another baby, right? So when he brought the first fruits, God was pleased with that because Abel understood that God had first position. There was something about abel's heart that was different than cain's heart and that's what god is responding to you understand that and so cain brings the the offering in the process of time he brought it when it was convenient he brought it whenever faith wasn't really required i'm not trying to downplay generosity that's not what these verses are about And you have to understand that what we're trying to gather here today is there's a huge difference Between God having first place in our heart or between God having this place that kind of represents in the process of time for us. When it's convenient, when I feel like it's good to give now, I've got everything, I'm going to give what makes sense. Um, Because the concept of first fruits, it just doesn't make sense to the natural mind. It just doesn't, right? It has to be an act of faith because we're believing in a principle that exists in an unseen realm and we're believing for something to happen that can't happen in a natural set of circumstances. Does that make sense? So that first point is, number one, is that the first is the best. Listen to this in Hebrews 11:4. Okay, the author of Hebrews speaks about Abel here and his offering. So this is also how we can gather more insight into the scriptures in Genesis. It says, by faith, right, By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and through it, he being dead, still speaks. And so, uh, we see, obviously, Abel, he brought the sacrifice of the first fruits of his livestock, but he did it as an act of faith. That's what's key is that he did it knowing and believing that God was going to provide for him. Even though he couldn't see, it hadn't happened yet. Where Cain's had already come in. It had already happened, he already had it there at his disposal to work with. And that's the difference between faith and sight in this particular area. So God wants the first because it's the best. Now I don't know about you, but one of the things I absolutely love one of my favorite meals is a thick, juicy ribeye steak. Anybody else? Like, if, you, if you're going to a steakhouse, it's like, why mess with the petite sirloin? You know, I mean, why do they even have it on the menu? I don't even know. Just the outlaw ribeye, the Texas ribeye, the 14-ouncer that's marbly, that's thick, that's juicy, that's got more flavor than anything else. Anybody else put me on that? Thank God for the ribeye cut. You know, I don't know. Um, and a lot of times when, instead of going somewhere, we'll actually get ribeyes and just grill them at home. Cause I, I think they actually turn out better sometimes just on your own grill, you know, than when you go to a, a restaurant, pay like 20 bucks for one. And so we'll get our ribeye and I'll have mine and, you know, Katie will have hers. And she kind of likes the, you know, the best parts, right? Those real tender parts right around that marbly section and everything. It's burnt and crispy on the fat edges. You know what I'm saying, Adrian? I mean it's like your mouth watering, right? I didn't think I'd be mouth watering over a steak at nine o'clock in the morning, but holy cow. But you know, Katie does the most despicable thing. I mean, once I start cutting into my steak, she'll try to reach over and take those best pieces. Woman, what are you doing? You know? Are you crazy? I mean, it, the knife is like, it may have, it, there may have, there may have been points where the, yeah, blood was drawn, no. <clears throat> and so I'm just being transparent with you as you're a pastor. Uh, I'm still struggling in certain areas on this thing. I can't give my best away. When it comes to that ribeye, man, I, I'm, I'm holding on, I'm in the flesh, you know, I'm just, I'm struggling in that area, and I'm having a hard time letting go of that, but Lord will work with me on that one. Um, but I, I think that, let me just say this, as someone who's walked with God in this area for many years, I've seen God faithful, um, it is easy for me to release it to Him. In fact, it's actually something that I enjoy doing. Uh, it brings me excitement to give God my best, to give Him the first, because I feel... The reality of me honoring him and, and truly worshiping him. It is an act of worship by saying, God, you're first in this area, and I'm demonstrating that in my actions here. Because our faith really comes to fulfillment. Like the, the, the completion, the expression of faith happens in the action, right? We, we have faith in our heart. We believe and we hear and we have faith for that. But then we act on that. That's where you see the expression of it. And so bringing the first fruits to God is a real, it's an expression of the place that God has in our heart. And only God peers into that. Only He can see that. But it pleases Him. It brings Him joy. And it brings Him worship and glory when we do that with the right heart. So it's important, right? Number one is, first is the best. Number two is, I've I've kind of said this, it is an act of faith. It is an act of faith. just repeating what I mentioned a few moments ago that to bring the first fruits sacrifice them offer them to God let go of them from our own hand to not have or see the rest that's coming but believe it is coming makes no natural sense I mean I can't rationalize that with you hey give away what you have um, and then you know you just know that more is coming and, and you'll be taken care of. Like, there's no rationalization to this. You have to grasp that it is an act of faith. It is living by faith, not by sight or reasoning. And a lot of times, people struggle in the area of the tithe or other places, but it's because they try to. It, they need to look and see how it all makes sense. They try to re- reason it all out. You know, well, this all works out together, and it just—it's just not a principle that operates like that. We, we live it out by faith. Now, let me remind you, the Bible says that it's impossible to please God without faith. So if we're giving for some dutiful reason or begrudgingly or anything that's not out of a pure heart of faith, that's not the right motive and that's not going to create the same results with God in our lives as when we do it truly out of faith. And so we hear who God is and who he wants to be to us, we believe it, and then we demonstrate that by the way we live and the way that we give and trust him by releasing the first fruits of what's been given to us. Now listen to this. We talked about Abel in Hebrews 11. This Hebrews 11 is a chapter that a lot of times you'll hear called the Hall of Faith, and it's just like all this different example these different examples of men and women throughout all the Bible who demonstrated faith by certain things that they did okay and and you see the action and you see the evidence of the faith and we obviously read a little bit ago that Abel demonstrated his faith by bringing the first fruits let me show you another concept of first fruits and we, we see this here in Hebrews 11 it's actually with Abraham and Isaac Hebrews 11 chapter or chapter 11 verse 17 says, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. Let me remind you, he was the firstborn son. And he who had received the promises, which Abraham had received promises from God, of, a, of a, a, an heir and of a, a seed that would bring uh, nations of the world would be blessed, right? He who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son of whom it was said, in Isaac your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead from which he also received him in a figurative sense. What's this all about? So Isaac represents first fruits. Isaac is the firstborn son. He represents the first. And God does this really crazy thing that's hard to, like, even grasp as a dad, I'm just being honest, you know. He asks Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac, take him up on the altar on Mount Moriah, and uh, and Abraham demonstrates his faith by his willingness to do that. So we hear that and we think, oh my gosh, this is this is just crazy, you know. But here's the interesting thing that you have to realize as you study this out. Is that God had already spoken to Abraham and promised him a son and that that son would lead to nations in the world that would be more numerous than the sand on the sea or on the stars in the sky so God had already established something right and even though God had asked him to do something that he didn't understand Abraham was willing to sacrifice his son because he had faith and he it says here he knew even if he went through with that that God would raise him from the dead. There was just there wasn't this thought in Abraham's head that he wouldn't have a son anymore. You understand that? Because God had already established this thing in him and what God was doing was he was testing him. Remember the five points that we went through in the tithe? Like you're going to actually see if you pay attention all five of those points throughout the message today as well. And they usually exist in almost anything that you look at when it talks about first fruits. But, uh, so Abraham demonstrates his faith by taking Isaac up on Mount Moriah. But what happens? We, when he gets up there and he's prepared to do what God has asked him to do, he looks over and there's a lamb caught, right, a ram caught in the bushes, stuck. And he says, God has, has brought a lamb. And so the lamb gets sacrificed, and Isaac gets redeemed. Isaac is actually delivered, and the ram ends up being sacrificed. Now, this is very prophetic and symbolic, but it's also very applicable to the current situation that Abraham is in. God asked him to do something. Abraham proved that he had faith in God, and then God accepted that, as an act of faith, it says it was accounted to him as righteousness because of his faith in the Bible, and then brought the lamb and and Isaac was redeemed. Now, this is kind of crazy. I love the Bible because it's so consistent and it's so true. And the more I study it, the more I just continue to see things that amaze me. But Abraham brings Isaac up on top of a mountain called Mount Moriah. That's where this happens, okay? That mountain was the bedrock of the foundation where Solomon constructed the temple. Get this. Where the presence of God would dwell in the Holy of Holies. However many years later. Hundreds of years later, right? Most a thousand years later. And, uh, And beyond that, Jesus comes along, right? Even another thousand years after that. And when He comes along, what does John the Baptist say when he sees it? He says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Do you know where he was crucified? On Mount Moriah. It was on the hill. That's where the, the, t- the temple was, the city of Zion, Jerusalem, David's city. It was on Mount Moriah. He was crucified there. What does that mean? It means that he was the Lamb of God and he took away our Sin. He redeemed us because we needed to be redeemed. Isn't that amazing? And, and, and so we see that this is an act of faith and trusting God to bring what He promises that He will bring, which is provision, supply, everything that we need, most importantly, when we can't see it or rationalize it or make sense of it. There's no question that God's going to get first position no matter what the natural circumstances look like. Now, let me just make one little side point, and this will connect with Pastor Mike's message last week, which I heard he did an awesome job, by the way. Yeah, Uh, Is that we give the first fruits no matter what. There's not a question about that. But if you're constantly struggling and you constantly don't have any money to work with, and, and you're always in the red, then you're, you might be a bad manager or a bad steward. Does that make sense? And so when we tithe, we, we shouldn't be tithing from a place where we're always looking at it and saying, I got no money, but I'm still going to tithe. I mean, there's points where you get to where you don't understand how, but you just do it because you know God's in it and you trust Him. But if you're constantly in that place every single payday, then we, we we might be a bad steward, which is the second tier of this whole thing about living the blessed life, right? We've tied, but then we're also good stewards of everything that God is bringing to us. So anyway, it is uh, it is an act of faith, and the last thing that I want to point out, point number three, is that the first fruits is the redemptive portion. I'm gonna kind of build off what we were just discussing with Isaac and. Abraham is that the, the ram redeemed Isaac a sacrifice was necessary the first was necessary to be given to God but God didn't desire to take the life of Isaac he just desired to be first in Abraham's heart so when there is a first that comes to us the first fruits are required to either be one of two things, are you ready? You're gonna love the rest of this, I promise. This is this is incredible stuff. The first are required to either be sacrificed or redeemed. Listen to this. Exodus chapter thirteen. This is right when God's leading Moses and the people out of Israel. This is during the time of Passover, right? And and God institutes this concept of first fruit sacrifice. Exodus chapter thirteen In verses 1 through 2, it says this, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Consecrate, which means set apart, it's holy, right? Sacrifice. Consecrate to me all the firstborn, whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and beast, it is mine. Now we jump down to verse 11, and he says this, And it shall be... When the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites that He swore to you and your fathers and gives it to you, that you shall set apart to the Lord, consecrate, holy, set apart. All those are basically mean the same thing. There's a word that is translated in different things in the English, like set apart or holy, or consecrated, or dedicated. Um, and so that's, that's what that means. To the Lord, all that open the womb, that is every firstborn. ...that comes from an animal which you have, the male shall be the Lord's. But every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. And if you will not redeem it, then you shall break its neck. And the firstborn of man among your sons you shall redeem. Okay. So the first fruits have to either be sacrificed or redeemed. And God is saying if there's a God gives these ordinances of what are clean animals and what are unclean animals okay if if it was a clean animal it had to be sacrificed some of you already know where we're going with this right if it was an unclean animal he says like an ass a donkey he says it has to be redeemed you kill a lamb and redeem the donkey because it's unclean okay and so this whole principle of first fruits Being sacrificed or redeemed plays out all through the Scripture. This is actually very prophetic. Remember, Christ fulfills all of the ordinances and the the sacrifices, right? He fulfilled them. So Jesus was the firstborn Son of God. And He was clean. And He was perfect. And all men are born into the world with sin. We are all unclean, So we have to be redeemed. So when Jesus was sacrificed, He was sacrificed because He was the only acceptable sacrifice. Remember John said, Behold the Lamb of God who will take away the sins of the world. His one act was an act of redemption for all of mankind, all of us who are unclean. When when the first fruits are sacrificed to God, it blesses the rest. It redeems the rest. The first is the redemptive portion. That's why we should never give it away to anyone else. That's why we should never do anything else with it. This is the portion that we give to God that's redemptive for everything else that He wants to do and bring and bless us with. Do you see that? That's why He wants it. And that's why it demonstrates our faith and our trust in Him. But we see that the, this principle of Okay, so there's first fruits are brought in and it's sacrificed to God if it's clean, but if it's unclean, it's redeemed. And when it is, it blesses everything else after that. Listen to this in Romans chapter 11, verse 16. For if the first fruit is holy, then the lump is also holy. And if the root is holy, so are the branches so when the first fruit is holy the rest of everything after that is made holy by the first fruits treating the first fruits properly so we are only holy folks we are only righteous because jesus the firstborn son of god was the first fruits he was sacrificed and he redeemed us if the first fruits are holy then the lump is holy you see it says in hebrews that when Jesus died, he rose from the grave. You understand he was the first to raise from the grave and have a, and have that new body. He was the first one to defeat death. So he broke the seal. He was the first fruits. It said when he did that in Hebrews that he went into the holy of holies in heaven. You've heard me talk about this in communion before. He went in and he spilled his blood in the throne room of heaven on the mercy seat and, and atoned for the sacrifice once and for all. But he went in and made a way. We could have never get in there. He, we could never go through that, pass through that, into that eternal home if Jesus hadn't have gone first. This is why it says in so many places that he is the firstborn. He is the firstborn son of God. He it says that he is the first fruits the first fruits who have been he's been risen from the dead he did it first because he was holy because he was clean and because he lived a sinless life and he went in and he made a way so all of us who will receive that by faith jesus's atoning sacrifice we are redeemed and then we are made holy and we can enter into that place with God not because we deserve it but because one who was holy was sacrificed and made a way before we before when we never could isn't that amazing Jesus goes in he makes the way it says in another place that we are the first we are the church of the firstborn which means we become a part of that inheritance only because of what the first did for us <laughs> And that's the whole idea. It's bigger than money, folks. It's bigger than just the tithe. It's, it's bigger than that. The principle of first fruits demonstrates a, a heart, a place that God has in our heart, and it, it, it represents a way that we live, trusting Him and knowing that He's always going to be there for us. And when we treat it properly, it allows God, you see, you see He established this thing. He says, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to bless you if you'll bring the tithe into the storehouse. I'll bless the rest. It allows God to bless it, and because he set this thing in order, if we don't treat it that way, he simply can't do what he said he was going to do with the rest because he's consistent, and he never changes, and he won't violate that. He's just, right? And so it says that when you you bring it and you treat it properly, guess what I'll do with the rest? I'll put my hand to it, and oh, Lord, do we know what happens when Jesus puts his hand to something? It multiplies. Nobody else can do that. It multiplies. When, when we bring the best that we have to Him, His hand can touch it, can bless it, and multiply. When the first fruits are holy, the lump is holy. And that's why He says, like, there's a level of blessing that many people never live under. The open windows of heaven of provision because they don't trust God this way and in this area. They doubt Him. And so they don't step into that. And it's living in a place of faith when we do. And praise God... The rest is blessed after that. I'll give you one more example of that before we close today, and that is in the city of Jericho. Okay, the city of Jericho is, I'm pretty sure, is considered the oldest known city uh, by historians and archaeologists in the entire world. The, the, the longest history of civilization is in the city of Jericho, which is really interesting because it was the first city that the Israelites conquered when they came out of the wilderness and into the promised land. This is in Joshua chapter 6 and Joshua chapter 7. We all know the story of Jericho, right? The walls came tumbling down. But think about this for a second. Joshua is leading the people of Israel. They cross the Jordan River. And God says, I want you to take Jericho first. Jericho's a huge city. Ma- massive walls. I forget how thick. There was two layers of walls. They're huge. They're thick and just this massive city, huge population, um, and they never had to lift a finger to bring those walls down. Like God did the whole thing. All they did was shout and worship, right? So they go in and says, "Take the city of Jericho." This huge city, um, very defended, very well militarized, and everything. So they go in and they conquer the city. But God says something very specific about Jericho. He says, "In this city, this first one, don't take anything for yourself." Don't touch it. Everything that you bring is the spoils, the gold, the silver, all the artifacts. You know what he says to do with it? Bring it to the temple treasury. Don't touch any of it for yourself. Do you remember point number four in the last of those two weeks that there is a location, right? There's a temple storehouse. It says bring it into the temple treasury. So Joshua gives these instructions. They go in. Annihilate Jericho. And... They move forward a little bit later. The next city that they get ready to go to that God says, I'm going to take you and deliver these people in your hand, is the city of Ai. Ai? Ai? Ai. I, I think that's how you say that. I, The city of I, Which is funny because it's two letters and it, it was a very small city. There was nothing significant about it. In fact, the people that spied it out came back and told Joshua, we don't even need to send very many people up there. They're just a couple thousand people. who get this job done. Don't even worry about this thing. Just send a few of us, and we'll we'll come back. That was the second one. So they go up to I, I, and they fight this battle, and they lose. They lose. What's going on, God? And Joshua has this moment with God, like, what, what, what's happening? You know, what do we? Why'd you bring us out of Egypt if you're going to do this to us? Like, God says, No, 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 no. You stole from me. Somebody took from me. There's a man in the camp. Joshua didn't know this at the time. There was a man in the camp named Achan. And he took for himself some of these articles and some of these artifacts. God was robbed. So the rest couldn't be blessed. They did not have the hand of God with them in the campaign against Ai. Small city and they lost. They just defeated this huge city, Jericho. Makes no sense. It does when you understand the principle of first fruits. Jericho was a first-fruit city. If they would have brought everything to the Lord and consecrated it to him and never touched it, his hand would have been right with them and they would have moved right through Ai. But they didn't. And so, of course, they discover this and they make restitution and, and that guy is dealt with and everything and those things are brought back to the Lord and then they go back and then they defeat Ai and then they continue to move on through the promised land. Here's what's even more incredible. Do you know when that happened? It was at the beginning of the festival, the First Fruits. They just celebrated Passover. Joshua came through the valley, crossed the Jordan, they celebrated Passover, right? And then the next day, they ate of the grain. They had been eating of the manna that God brought from heaven for 40 years, and then they started to eat from the grain. That time was over, and now they were actually gonna reap the harvest of the agricultural cycles of the land. They still, they started eating real grain instead of the manna from heaven. And that is the time of year, the month of Nisan in the Hebrew calendar, where Passover begins. And right after that, the festival of first fruits starts. Jericho was a first fruit city. And it was a festival of first fruits that was beginning. And if they would have consecrated that to God, his hand would have been with them all the way through. What's the point of that? The point is there's a level of blessing and there is a, a power of God's hand on the provision and on the resources that are going to flow into our life that we could never live fully under if we don't treat the first fruits the way God tells us we have to treat the first fruits I, I'm I'm actually going to wrap this up today by just pleading with you appealing with you um, and I mean this with all my heart I am I'm not I don't care about the church's checkbook and what we're doing to pay bills like God, we are very solvent. God's doing a great work here. I'm appealing to you because I truly want all of us to be able to live under the fullness of God's supernatural supply and provision that he promises. It's just so clear to me. If it weren't, I wouldn't preach it to you like this. But it's just so clear to me that he lays this thing out, and then he says, will you trust me? Will you trust me? And as we live this way folks you can't even begin to imagine the opportunities that this brings for testimony the opportunities that this affords us to glorify the name of God again it's bigger than money it's just live this way see what I do and then watch how I'm glorified through this but Exodus Right, through this through this all happening, the principle of sacrificing or redeeming the first fruits, right? Listen to what it says just a few verses later in that chapter 13 about the first fruits. For, verse 14. And I'll, I'll close with this. So, James, you can come up after I read this verse. So it shall be when your son asks you in time to come, saying, What is this? That you shall say to him, by the strength of hand. The Lord brought us out of Egypt, there's that hand of the Lord right there, brought us out of the house of bondage. And it came to pass when Pharaoh was stubborn about letting us go, that the Lord killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt. you remember that? The, all the firstborn of Egypt were killed. The firstborn of Israel were spared because they were covered by the blood of the Lamb. That was the institution of Passover, it even says that the Egyptians, that even their livestock firstborn were killed. This is how important this is to God. This is how serious he is about the principle of firstfruits, right? So it says that, in uh, the firstborn, the uh, Lord killed the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of beast. Therefore, I sacrifice to the Lord all the males that open up the womb, but all the firstborns of my sons I redeem. Power here's why that's powerful because Joshua's telling the people you're going to teach your kids about this because you were a part of what happened you saw these things in the wilderness or your fathers saw these things you're one generation removed of the exodus out of Egypt but in times to come this is going to be further in history there's going to be kids and grandkids and great grandkids and so on and this is what you're going to need to know Your kids are going to come to you when you're doing this, when you're sacrificing the first fruits. They're going to come to you and they're going to say, Daddy, why are you doing that? Why are we doing that, Daddy? Why are we sacrificing that animal? And that's going to be your moment for testimony. It's going to be your opportunity to instruct and teach your children a principle and a concept that they need to get a hold of and that they need to live by if they're going to live in the fullness of this blessing that i'm promising for them too and you're going to say to them actually son daughter come here and sit down on my knee and let me tell you a story you see we're free people we live free and and under blessing but it wasn't always like this there was actually a time that we lived in bondage. There was a time when our people were slaves and we were forced to do, we were in bondage and we didn't know freedom, but God delivered us. He brought a lamb, we sacrificed the lamb, we covered the doorpost with the blood and the angel, the, the, the angel of death passed through and all that were covered by the blood were spared. And now we're out of there, we're in this land that God's given us as a promise, and we're free. We live as free people because of what, what God has done. This is why we sacrifice this. This is why we give this to the Lord. And we can say today to our kids, in our generation, I teach my kids about this because it's so important. Why do we die, Daddy? Why, do we, why, why are we doing that? Let me tell you why. Because Daddy... daddy used to be a slave I used to be a bondage I was dead now I'm alive because Jesus has set me free because he redeemed me as the perfect sacrifice that I could never do for myself that's why I taught that's why I bring my first fruits because he's worthy of that, he deserves that and I trust him wholly and fully in this area of my life Pray that you would get a revelation of why first fruits are so important. It's so much bigger than money. It's about our heart. What place God has in our heart. And I ask you today as I close, where is He at? With you. Where is He at? In this area. In all areas. Ask Him to help you. Ask Him to lead you. Ask Him to strengthen you. God gives faith. Right? He gives faith. He deposits impo- he faith in us. We need faith to do the things that He calls us to. Ask Him to help you. But I hope that you see a picture of the life that God's created you to live. The ordinance of the way this is laid out. And the, the fullness of what God wants to do in your life. If you'll choose to trust Him. And follow Him way it will not make sense to the natural mind the things of the spirit are not discerned by the natural mind if you feel it in your spirit today if the spirit of god is ministering to you i'm not talking about some emotional experience of hype i'm talking about the spirit of god bearing witness in your spirit saying this is truth you need to live by this respond that's our part of how we respond Father, we just ask you today in Jesus' name. Lord, that you just do a work in all of our lives right now. Speak to us. Call us to a higher level, Lord. Help us to live the way you're calling us to live. Lord, we just want to thank you. Lord. We just want to honor you. We just want to say thank you so much for sending your firstborn son and sacrificing him so that we can be redeemed. That is the greatest truth. That is the greatest revelation, reality that we could ever have or ever get. And out of that reality that we are born again, that we are made free by the precious blood, God, all things spring forth out of that place of security and living in our lives. We thank you for that today. In Jesus' name, amen.